Oh, hello. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Rose Plate Special, the most dramatic book readingest. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything besides that because we're doing a book review. <laughs> That's right. It's a literature podcast now. Deal with it. <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything. It's gone. Um. Anyway, so here's the deal, friends. Um. I read Bachelor Nation, so you don't have to, but I actually think you should read it because I, I do think it's a legitimately uh, fun book. It's uh, juicy. But I, yeah, it is juicy. I read it back in February, so I do not remember everything that I read. And also, the cover of my book says, now with new material. So I don't know what the new material was, if it was the bonus chapter or what, but I apparently there's new material in here as of... When did this come out? 2017 or something like that. So something like that. anyway, I picked this up a long time ago. My parents have actually read it and they really liked it and told me to read it. And so I finally did. And I will say I really I enjoyed it. I think Amy Kaufman's like a really good writer and she's she's she makes it fun. She takes like a lot of information and a lot of stuff that's real goofy and makes it fun. Did you end up picking up Bachelor Nation or will I just be carrying this podcast today? Uh, you, no, I, I didn't purchase it, but I grabbed it from my local library. And yes. while I didn't read every chapter because I've been a busy boy, uh, <laughs> I, I was able to uh, jump around a bit and get some juicy bits. And it's it's great because as a book, you can really kind of just jump around and you, like yes. every page has something deliciously wonderful. And even though we're doing this podcast now, I'm still going to finish the damn thing. So good. Uh, yeah, See? it's good. Uh, and this is one to keep on your shelf, too. This is one you can go back to. I think it's going to be a good reference thing for yes. us. I'm probably going to grab a copy of it uh, from an actual bookstore because it's just good. It's just good to have. It's a wonderful reference tome for uh, Bachelor podcasters or Bachelor fans. Yeah, I think I ended up buying it from like Half Price Books or something like that, you know? You so, go. so, you know, uh, get it from your local used bookstore. That's and a good Sammy, way to Sammy, I just want to say. Yes. Lest we be accused of, of being an uncultured podcast that only watches trashy reality television. I just want the world to know we also read books about trashy reality yes. television. So we are multifaceted people here. This is what happens when two media studies, uh, former media studies grad students start a podcast. That's right. <laughs> we're like, we're <laughs> elevating this by doing, now we're doing a literature <laughs> review. Okay. So, so uh, yeah. And my textual analysis is dense. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, I was busy writing a nine page paper to, to get into my, my dream school. So that's what I spent my time doing. And uh, as of the recording of this, I made it to the next round of review. So All right. now I, thank you. Now I have to ask the advisor that I want to work with to be my advisor, which is not nerve wracking at all. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, it's kind of so, like asking if they accept your rose in a lot of ways. That's, you know, Literally, that's how I feel like it's so listen. He, OK, we're, we're, I'm just going to get into it for a minute. Um so he told me to, e well, he told the program director to tell me to email him, you know, um, about, cause we've already had a conversation and it went really well. And so, you know, it's like, tell Sammy to email me and like, we'll schedule a meeting and talk. So yeah, to get into the program, you have to get somebody to agree to be your advisor. 
And I had to provide like my top three list. And my top three are all, I think, good choices for me. So I'm just basically starting with number one, (laughs) seeing how it goes. Um, But yeah, it does feel like a will you accept this rose like situation for sure. And I might have to pack my bags and go home if nobody accepts my rose. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, just very, very dramatic. It's going to be the most dramatic grad school application ever. (laughs) I did get into another school, though. So uh, no matter what, I'm going to school in the fall. Yeah, that'll be like when when they it doesn't work out on the show, but then they slip into someone's DMs afterwards. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They end up getting with with someone. Well, your brother hit on me. So Mm, uh, yeah, so kind of that kind of a thing. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I... Okay, this I have a lot of notes and I haven't looked at these since February and some oh, wow. before because I'm trying to remember. Oh, I started this note in July 2020. Oh my. It took me a long time to get back to this book. Okay, that's bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, the first couple chapters I kind of like were kind of a slog and then I when I started going, I couldn't put it down. So that I don't know if you had a similar experience with some of the chapters you read, but the mm-hmm. the first couple, I was kind of like, okay, where is this going? And then when it started to get into more of the history stuff, it reminded me of like Unreal. And so it made it really fun to, you know, to kind of go down that memory hole again. And if mm-hmm. you all haven't seen Unreal, you should definitely watch at least the first season, first two seasons, like the rest of it you can skip, but um, it is a really, it's very reminiscent of the things that she talks about in the book, which I had heard. Um, but I have a lot of good little quotes and things like that, um, that, that Amy was a recap writer who didn't get invited back after being too snarky. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, that's what I like. Those are the kinds of like Bravo recap podcasts I listen to. I don't want anyone to be too nice. Like, no, you can be snarky and still not be you know, out and out mean. So, and I think she really kind of rides that line well in her writing. Um, so, okay, this was my favorite quote from the first chapter or the intro. Uh, and once Robbie Hayes ghosted us after promising to come over and requesting we make him Moscow mules. I have no use for those copper mugs now, you sockless liar. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, Robbie, 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 Robbie. He's so, is he doing anything right now? Is he still trying to be relevant or did he give I up? I mean, everybody, they're all trying to be relevant. He's probably like, I don't even know. Instagram influencer. He's he's hawking well, tummy he's, teeth. That's how he started the show. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Robbie it's like, where does he go from there? the show by being like, <laughs> I'm an influencer. And everyone yeah. was like, so cringe about that. But like, he was the first one to say that. Yeah, he's kind of groundbreaking. Yeah, now it's everyone. Not, at least two thirds of the show is is influencer, and this is this is the shift in the world of The Bachelor, where we're seeing fitness instructor shift or personal trainer shift to influencer. So that's the yeah, new I, uh, hot job. I swear he was the first one to do it, and people made fun of him like mercilessly for it, which I think is really funny. The funnier thing about Robbie is when he tried to put those glow sticks in the pool, and it just looked so bad. <laughs> I was like, "You're just a walking joke." And also, he was on Vanderpump Rules for a hot second, trying pretending to be friends with Sheena, but maybe Sheena was pretending to be friends with him. Hard to yeah, say. Yeah, I choose that. <laughs> oh Between the two of them, I think Robbie is thirstier than Sheena, but. 
That would just be my <laughs> guess. And that takes a lot, you know. Um, yeah, basically every picture of Robbie on his Instagram, like every other picture, I'll be generous is him with a shirt off. I mean, <sighs> that's that's what I if, I if I was a bachelor alum, rest assured, that's what I would be doing. Just me, so topless, poolside, talking about my new dietary supplement. Ugh, anyway, whatever. I hate Robbie so much. Like, there's only a few people I actively hate from the show, and Robbie is one of them. He's just, like, such a phony, gross human to me. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so what I really like about the book, like I said, once we get to about chapter three, is she starts talking about the history of game shows and dating shows, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Um, like, the dating game, the newlywed game, the gong show, and love connection. Um, and... And also mentioning that, you know, because it's like a lot of people talk about how The Bachelor has been on for so long. And she's like, those games were on for decades and people don't bitch about it. Like, you know, it's like, that's a really mm -hmm. good point. Um, but it was really interesting, too, how a newer this book is not that old. It's only a few years old, but it already feels dated because of like mentions to because there was like a rebooted gong show and love connection. And those oh, are yeah. like those were like a few episodes, I think. and and dead in the water <laughs> god yeah the rebooted gong show things i don't want to think about that definitely existed for a brief period of time and i think love connection wasn't andy cohen didn't he host that i swear i don't even know like i have oh. vague vague memories of that i do remember the promotional stuff for the gong show but uh yeah i i got nothing on the uh the love connection reboot yeah andy cohen did it yep i was right oh, wow so weird. andy you're better so than weird. that um <laughs> <laughs> maybe hard to say hard to say um okay and then it was yeah so i just have a lot of notes about just things that she mentioned in this chapter that i thought were interesting like singled out i like i've totally forgot about singled out oh too. yeah and, like, singled out is great or room raiders that's another good one <laughs> room raiders yeah but mentioning that like jenny mccarthy was the only woman they thought would be silly and fart on camera like and it's like that was that was like, oh, well, this is because it was something like they needed. They didn't want to have anyone who would take like the host spot, like mm -hmm. co-host spot as a woman too seriously. So like, let's get this woman who will talk about farts. You know? Also, she doesn't believe in vaccines. She I was can't just be taken say, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was before that. This was this was before she started. Yeah, this is back when she was just farting. Stuff. Yeah. Like she should have just stuck to farting instead of being like vaccines give kids autism like. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I feel like that's good advice for a lot of really dumb people. You know, maybe just don't talk. <laughs> stick to farting. Stick to farting uh, where you belong. No. Uh, <laughs> and then I also thought it was interesting because this book clearly it's weird. There's a lot of things that date this book that really place it in specific time. And I wonder if she'll come back and like I think she could definitely do new editions of the book or like mm -hmm. sequels to the book and and get a lot of attention as well. Um but it was like right before Chris Hardwick was also disgraced. Um, oh, yeah. And then and then I said and then I was I wrote down I did a Google search and to my surprise, he isn't canceled yet or got uncanceled because cancel culture isn't real. Moving on. Because <laughs> uh, I thought he was like done for, but apparently he's still doing stuff. So whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He that, can't be that's stopped. That's all I have about chapter three is basically just I thought it was interesting to go through the history. I really appreciated all the information on like past past game shows and things like that. And the things that informed a show like The Bachelor, um, mm -hmm. I thought were really interesting. Um, 
And then um, I've got some notes about um, about the interview process from chapter four too. So, well, so this is very interesting. Yeah, this is one inter- of my favorite parts. <laughs> the interviews were really interesting. So, like, so anyway, for for a good history, first of all, she talks about like the co-founders and like describes them, you know, from the show. And if you watch Unreal, I think those characterizations are really close to like what she covers in the book. So I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. If you don't know anything about like, like Mike Fleiss and, oh my God, I forgot her name and I feel bad. Um, oh my gosh. Cause basically it was like the two main or two of the main characters in Unreal are based on these two real people from oh, uh, the show. Lisa Levinson is the other one, right? Lisa Levinson. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen that, like watch that and you'll get a good feel for like, what their dynamic was probably kind of like with like a little more, you know, like movie or TV flair and sexiness and stuff. Well, maybe not, who knows? Um, But yeah, so the, so the (laughs) interviews were really, were really interesting. Um, I did know that they went through, cause I've watched some people's like videos, some people who are like bachelor hopefuls, like talk about the interview process a little bit. Um, what what were your impressions, I guess, about about the interviews? Was there anything that surprised you? Is there anything that you're like, oh, I didn't know that they did it this way? <laughs> no, I, I guess like I, I don't know. There wasn't anything that was too surprising. It's just and this is this is indicative of the entire book and the entire show. There's things that I assumed, but then a lot of things go way further than I would have expected. Does that make oh, sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. I mean, that's kind of, you know, it's like, again, I'm just going to talk about Unreal, but just watch that freaking show if you haven't already. Um, But one thing that I really liked about that is it's like, yeah, they pulled out, you know, it's like you, you do, you answer so many questions. It kind of, I mean, it sounds like it kind of starts with like softball questions and then it gets deeper. Mm-hmm. It's like they kind of lull you into a false sem- sense of security and you're going to just like talk about your deepest, darkest. And then that's what they're going to bring out when they need the storyline, when you go on an emotional date or whatever, or to cause drama in the house or to trigger you when you're on a thrill date or whatever. Um, But also like, they also read kind of like, like Scientology, like personality tests. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like, like it was like, did you ever, do you have an out of body experience? Do you think you can control things with your mind? Have you ever wanted to kill someone? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, uh, that's kind of intense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they're able to kind of like pull this stuff out and they really know, like the, you know, it's like they could really manipulate somebody uh, if they wanted to. And a lot of the times they do want to. And the thing that's also weird is that during this process and during the show, there's like, there's a therapist available at all times. And they, Hmm. and they also meet with, with like a shrink and a PI. And so people are still like, well, so how did, how does this dirt get on the show? If, and at least that was true from what 2002 through 2017 that there yeah, was yeah yeah and on unreal they have like an on staff um like therapist or psychologist or whatever on the show and they paint this person in a very bad light <laughs> the show but apparently Charlene liked her which 
I mean, if Charlene likes you, I kind of trust you. So it's, it's weird. It's like, they felt like they had like some contestants felt like they had an outlet and a person to talk to, but it's like, I'm sure that person was probably more of a neutral party, but what the producers decided to do with it is like another thing entirely. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say, but I just, I, I was like enamored by <clears throat> just like the process of getting on the show, like all the, just the weird criteria that they <laughs> put everyone through. Like, like, like the mental health stuff is super interesting to me where they're like, Oh, like you can't have borderline personality disorder or, you know, various forms of psychosis, but there's some line that is very unclear of like what they deem is okay and what they deem is not okay. And then there's like <laughs> a crazy STI test they have to go through. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which oh, that's I love good. that. I mean, I oh, that, that is good. <laughs> that to me is like that should definitely never go anywhere. Very mm -hmm. smart idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that STIs are one of the main reasons people don't make it on the show. Oh, that's that's the best part, right? It's like yeah. it's like the mental health stuff trims a few people off, but then the real problem is too many people have herpes. So I mean, you know, it's like, but you can see it. It's like especially for like paradise with like the boom boom room and all that. It's like you want people to be able to just like have a good time and like not worry about that. So it's like I would feel way reassured you know going oh there sure and being yeah like okay like i don't have to worry about that you know one less thing to like worry about or have to talk about so i think that that's great but i do think it's weird that like i mean this was like a conversation on the real housewives what reunion was it uh it's like it was like oh orange county because so they they just had a reunion and like Heather Dubrow has like her photo all up in her studio and stuff. And she's like, that doesn't make me a narcissist. That's my studio. And she's like, Andy, don't you have photos in, of yourself in your studio? He goes, well, yeah, but I'm a narcissist. <laughs> and like, I don't, you know, I'm not here to diagnose anybody. And I don't think any of them are. I think they're vain. I think there's there's definitely a difference. Like that's a very serious personality disorder that mm -hmm. can really like fuck up people's lives. Right. But um. So it's all a joke, but I just thought it was funny because it is, it's like, you know, and he said something to the degree of, well, I think you have to be a little bit narcissistic to want to be on a reality show. Oh my God. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So it's like, you've got to have some kind of need for that level of attention and scrutiny. And also like the people who do the best don't care if they're painted in a negative light. No, no. Yeah. And, and there's really nothing they can do to control it because- Right. I mean, when when you look at the tactics that are used to get things out of out of people, first of all, it's coming from a foundation of there's a story they want to tell, and what actually happens in reality has no true bearing on the story they've decided they're going to tell. Like, there's a handful of people that they determine, and by handful, I mean literally like two or three people that they determine are like real contestants, and everybody yeah. else is like, this person seems psychotic. Let's put them on television, <laughs> and then they they kind of craft a storyline they craft a narrative before the show even starts and yep. what is happening in reality can only break so much with the storyline that they're crafting and i always thought it was more reactionary like maybe they had aspirations of someone making it to a certain point but ultimately they would have to adapt to what was going on in the house or in relationships but 
the way this book lays it out, it's basically like, no, the, the producers know the story they want to tell and they just shoot footage and they use that footage any way they can to Frankenstein together this narrative. And right. even beyond that, when they're talking about, you know, uh, later when they're talking about the process of uh, getting like juicy stuff out of contestants, uh, producers are bribed with money like oh you got somebody yeah. to cry here's a hundred dollars like oh great and then there's the other thing and and this is this is huge because you see this all the time with people when they'll falsely confess to a crime they didn't commit or something because instead of lawyering up they're just like oh I'll just yeah i'll say whatever just get me the fuck out of this room and that's kind of what bachelor producers do to their contestants they will basically sit you down doesn't matter how tired you are and they will talk to you until you give them something juicy. And then once you give them that, they go, oh, okay, you're done. You can go. So if you're exhausted, you're just like, uh, yeah, so-and-so is a bitch. You just say it because you just want to go to bed. And yeah, yeah I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I really, uh, who did they quote? Like Bob Guinea, I think, was talking about it. And I, I, or, what, or wait, or was it that one guy who's been on five... Five of the series, that older dude, you know who I'm mm. talking about, who's like on Paradise like three times. I don't remember. Anyway, someone I like <laughs> was talking about like, yeah, you just say whatever you need to to like go to bed at the end of the day. And I thought that that was really interesting. And it doesn't, yeah, again, this is all stuff. It's I sound like a broken record, but this is all stuff that they covered on Unreal. Like they talk about like they're in the control room, and you know, and it's like, okay, here's our princess, and here's our villain, and they've got you know they've got it kind of not like storyboarded out, but it's like they're laser focused. Like okay, now try to piss this one off to fight with this one. Go, mm -hmm. you know, and then a producer will be like, oh, like. Well, did you hear that so-and-so is talking about you? Like, okay, let's imagine it in the realm of shrimp gate. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's so it's like, oh, well, um, you know, did you know did you notice that like Elizabeth like snubbed your shrimp? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God. And she gave it to everybody else, but you know, yeah, you know, it's like that's that's how they would pull those strings, right? And it doesn't, that stuff doesn't surprise me at all. Or like, um, I actually walked out of this book liking Rated R way more than I did on the show. Mm -hmm. Like, I totally love, do you remember Rated R? Oh, yes. Okay. I totally like, I not like love him, but I like him way more than I did on the show because he was like such a good sport. He was like, I know what they wanted me to do. They wanted me yeah. to be a villain. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And they're like, go crutch all the way over here, even though it's right next door and we could drive you. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he's basically like, a pro wrestler, right? Yeah. Again, yeah. this is like the bachelor pro wrestler thing. It's like, who are you? Well, you're just a guy with, you know, shitty hair named Justin. Well, there's a million guys with shitty hair named Justin. Okay, well, I'm rated R. <laughs> That's my name now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really like people like that do make the show good and I totally give them credit for it. And if they go along with it, it does make it more fun, you know, and you can kind of tell who's leaned into that, you know, like Corinne and Demi and stuff. And they did it in a way that was really fun um, and kept their career. Well, Demi, you know, still kept her career going. So 
Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I want to read this one uh, clause before we keep moving. Uh, mm-hmm. In all caps, there's a clause uh, <laughs> that you have to sign that says, I understand, acknowledge, and agree that producer may use or reveal personal information which may be embarrassing, unfavorable, shocking, humiliating, disparaging, and or derogatory, may subject me to public ridicule and or condemnation, and may portray me in a false light. (laughs) And that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, but why are we having, okay, I don't think that anyone deserves death threats, right? I don't think anyone Mm -hmm. deserves death threats. I don't care. Like, I think that's really inappropriate. I think it's really inappropriate to be violent online. Um, I can say that I like think someone is like cringe or I hate them and not like wish death upon them. And it's like that person would be like, well, I'm not for everybody. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there are people out there who hate me, even though I'm incredibly likable. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like it's funny that we always have these talks about, you know, like the the contestants being victims of like cyberbullying and stuff. And it's like you signed this clause that's like, I will probably get cyberbullied. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. be on TV, you know. Um, did I ever tell you that I applied to be on a reality show? I did not make it, obviously. Oh, no. Which one? <laughs> this is the best part. Uh, the show was called King of the Nerds. Um, it was on, um, TBS, <laughs> very popular channel. And, uh, this was when I was working at an agency and somebody I knew, like knew somebody in casting that, whatever. And so they were like, why don't they're like, Sammy, this sounds like perfect for you. Why don't you sign up? You big ass like, nerd. <laughs> I'm a real life nerd, man. Like I just got, I just got a Simpsons tattoo today. Like, I don't think you can like argue that I am a nerd. Um, and, uh, they had me do like, uh, an online interview. And so I filled out the answers and they liked it all. I made it to the next round and they had me tape myself. Well, I think I just was way too comfortable on camera. (laughs) And it was just like, (laughs) thank you. We are not moving forward. And then I watched the show and I was like, oh, I understand why I didn't get on because social skills. Yeah, they picked, like, the most, like, stereotypically, like, awkward, nerdy, like, yeah, zero social skills people, or at least people who are playing like they had zero social skills. It was just, like, so stereotypically nerdy. And I was like, it would have been, like, super cringe because I can't pretend to be like that either. Like, just because I'm an actor, like, I wouldn't want to pretend to be like that, you know? Um, so I was like, I really touched a bullet, but I was like, if I'm going to be on a reality show, well, first of all, if I was ever on a reality show, if they, if they reboot the mole, I'm there, I'm there in a heartbeat. (laughs) I will do anything to get on that show. Um, but outside of that, like, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to be on a show, but if it's uh, nerd based, perhaps like maybe, um, I don't think anyone would want to put me on a reality show. I can't think of anything that I would be good for really. (laughs) survivor hmm. no that's too outside hmm. for me um that's too outside it's big just brother like a- no <laughs> oh hmm. what about the circle would you do the circle i would do the circle i probably do i the would circle. actually do the circle i think it would be really fun because it's they gotta like an ask me though dream. i'm not gonna go out of my way but if you they just ask stay in your room <laughs> like it's my it's that's what i love doing just stay in my room oh yeah. it's best the dream uh you know anyway one of the things that really stuck with me from reading this too was if you have one big takeaway it's 
a lot almost everything that you think is real is bullshit and the producers are like actively working as malicious puppet masters to get what they want out of people to the point where i mean they kind of fuck them up like it fucks with your head and it's going to have negative repercussions for a lot of people and yet it seems like the standard line for former bachelors former bachelorettes a lot of contestants uh at least the ones that make it far enough they're like well it's just it's part of the journey and and you know it's 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 a game but it's not a game because it's just like these are real relationships and all this stuff and then anyone else who maybe gets cut early or whatever they're like it's bullshit then that gets chalked up to sour grapes so why is it you know there's so many ex-bachelors ex-bachelorettes they now have podcasts like we do and they 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 don't really drag the show is it because you don't bite the hand that feeds yeah. you are they worried about you they know total, the, it's, the, yeah. the flex ability of the show it's totally that it's totally that it's a hundred percent that because look at who gets pulled out to do the show years and years later jesse palmer who would have uh-huh. guessed that Jesse Palmer, of all people, would be called to host the show. You never know when they're going to call you again. You know, and there's mm-hmm. there's people who, I mean, here's the thing, too. There's a lot of people who are fairly prominent who had success with their relationships on or shortly after the show. Just kind mm-hmm. of an odd thing. Like Rachel, who gets talked about a lot in the next chapter, is still with Brian, you know, they've still, they've been together since the show, you know, since the show ended. And, um, Caitlin, even though she's with somebody else, she is with someone from bachelor nation. Like I would say Raven is, you know, still pretty high profile and she's still with, you know, someone she met in paradise. Um, Jade and Tanner are still together, I think. You know, like a lot of the people who you see a lot are part of those successful relationships. And Tasha was, I mean, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and she also is, it doesn't seem to be the type who would ever like trash the show. But it's interesting, like Rachel has been more vocal about the show and has kind of walked away from like the show side of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And even still, I feel like she, well, I don't know. I haven't like checked in since like her New York article so maybe there is more that she said um but i know she had a real problem with it like you know wanting to say the things that she wanted to say but also feeling conflicted that she was kind of held back from saying certain things or really sharing how she felt about certain things you know and a lot of like the what chapter is this chapter five is about like the issues with diversity on the show and Mm -hmm. like while they are the point of a lawsuit (laughs) yeah while they are taking steps in like the right direction right now, like it's definitely better than it was. It's like, God, this was only a few years ago, you know, mm-hmm. and there's just like still so much more work to do. Like, it's oh, kind of sure, ridiculous. Sure. And, and it is kind of like you you wonder about the sincerity, right? Because 100%. I know with and this is I, I hope it was in your version because this feels like it's newish. But the whole thing with with Corinne. Uh, and Demario in yes. Bachelor yeah, they, in Paradise, and and they they put all these new rules into place, like oh we have a spreadsheet and you can only have two drinks an hour, and this that and the other thing, and then also 
if you want to have sex, you have to ask a producer's permission first, uh, which seems silly, but also, I guess, I mean, that's how they, they cover themselves to a degree. Um, but then it seems like a lot of these rules just kind of fade away over time. Uh, even the drink thing, like the author went and, and talked to some people and they were like, there's no log of drinking, you know, you just kind of eyeball it and whatever. And so how serious are they and, and how reactive are they as opposed to wanting to actually make the show better in that way? And the answer is they're a hundred percent reactive and they're only going to do the bare minimum to get people off their backs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that whole situation was, was, I mean, unfortunate and like, yeah, I don't know. That whole thing was really strange with like the producers filed complaints, you know, like, I don't know. That whole thing is still confusing to me, even after I've listened to several podcasts about it, the the current mm-hmm. Mario stuff. Um, yeah, I would say that's definitely how I feel about the show. And like, that's frustrating. It's like, I feel like you and I both yell about different, <laughs> different things. Um, but I'm just like, I feel like I can see a path forward where the show would be more enjoyable. And like, I did start mm-hmm. watching Joe Millionaire. So we can definitely do a feature on that soon. And oh, yeah. I, I'm planning on watching The Courtship too, because I think that looks really fun and good. Um, but it's like, these shows are doing things in a different way. And obviously, you know, attracting audiences and the fact that it's like they take a step forward, but then they always kind of go back to the same shit is Mm -hmm. so annoying. And it's like I one thing I do worry about is like, you know, that there's like white execs on The Bachelor. And I bet this has been a conversation like, well, when this all blows over, we'll get back to what, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no blowing over, like, you know, that fact that your show doesn't reflect the general population and you haven't cared about representation until your feet were really put to the fire. So that's super disgusting. And, you know, it's like, I, you know, I want to keep watching the show because I want to keep yelling about it. <laughs> yeah. I think it is important to criticize it. Um, but yeah, it's it's also, it's always that weird like tension of, you know, you don't want to give it too much attention or like fawn over it or just, I mean, it's fun to, to, to jump into like the silly drama and the infights and whatever. Oh, sure. And there's certain things where it's like, like I always try to think about it this way, like no amount of, producer manipulation would get me to say that thing that you said i would just rather not have airtime mm-hmm. you know what i mean well, like and that's the thing is like i i wonder if, if that's like the further along you get are just people who were either pre-picked or easily manipul manipulated or just kept sure. around because people knew that they would cause drama for one reason or another i just you know it. it's like I, I'm convinced that if I was on a show like The Bachelor, I would be like Charlene. I do believe that, like, from the core of my being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would be like, yeah, you're not going to just, like, paint me a way that you want just because you want me to look that way. You know, she was very, like, not into it. <laughs> you know, like, you're not going to. And and it's and it's like then she got characterized as, like, I mean, I think she, she got a really good edit on the show, but it was still like, oh, well, she won't open up or what, you know, and it's like, no, I'm yeah. just not saying the things that you want me to say because I don't want to say them, you know, and 
you know, it's like on the other side of the coin, maybe you get somebody who is pretty like open and doesn't mind. And I, and I would maybe be like that too. It's like, I'm not that, um, I'm not really like tight lipped or like, um, I don't know. I don't hold things back about my life. I I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book. Like if I, I feel like if my life experiences can help somebody, I want them to. So I would definitely be the kind of person also on the show that would talk about like a personal experience that I thought would help someone. Like I'm thinking about like, you know, Abigail talking about like her cochlear implants, you know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, uh, no, uh, amount of any kind of producer manipulation would get me to say something like Shanae. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what oh, I'm God. saying. Oh God, the <laughs> You know what I, I mean? Have a it's question. like, yes. Do you think that reading this book has made you a more cynical Bachelor fan? No, because I watched Unreal and all this stuff happened in Unreal. So I've been. So <laughs> I've like, been. Watching- I've already been cynical. <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching the show, going, "Oh, well, this is I, like." I'm like, oh, I know how they got them to say that. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, it's I, I mean, unreal and and not I don't want to ruin the show. And I haven't even said like I've barely scratched the surface. Like, but it's a lot of what's in this book. It's a lot of and also it's like years old by this point. So like uh I'm not spoiling anything for you. You should have watched it already. But um like the the point of the first season is kind of like how far can you push someone? Uh, in the name of good TV and uh, still live with yourself is kind of mm. the is kind of the main idea of of season one. And also there is some like producer relationship stuff, which kind of, you know, echoes like the Roslyn stuff, although and I thought that was really interesting. That was actually a surprise to me to hear Roslyn say like that didn't really happen the way that they said it did. That shocked me yeah. because I remember when that happened and I remember when she left and I was kind of like, why would they make that up? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the things that was the most surprising to me in the book because that storyline has been so ingrained in my mind in bachelor history. Um, yep. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely shocking to me, but a lot of the stuff, like the way that they talk about the contestants and I'm going to read one of the, uh, not as bad ones. (laughs) 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 Um, but like, uh, okay, but this one's pretty bad. So they, so this is like page 108 for me at least. Um, uh, Brittany 25. These are, they, uh, Amy changed the names. Uh, fragile as glass, nervous during interviews, uh, nervous, too self-conscious, indecisive, went to ER, had brain hemorrhage, had a brain, had a birth defect, could either have surgery or be on medication for the rest of her life. Whole experience put things in perspective. Never gets emotional talking about this, but she's crying now. I don't ever cry about this. I'm sorry. I'm a wreck. Crying in interview, all caps, regarding her brain surgery. Challenge living with other girls in one house. Other girls won't like her. <laughs> so they're like, great, you know, like Mr. Burns excellenting over it. So there's a lot of that stuff in the book where it's like, yeah, I mean, I figured it was like this. It's interesting, right? Because a lot of like Bachelor Nation contestants say like, we're friends with the producers. And there's that one guy that they mentioned over and over, which I went to his mm-hmm. Instagram. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember his name. I don't know if I have it written down. Oh, Elon, Elon Gale. Um, or I don't like, know. You, know, you just have Stockholm Syndrome. people are not your friends right yeah very beauty and the beast um 
Yeah, that was really strange where it's like, you know, and it's like, this is my family and these are my people. And it's like, I think there are some people who just kind of dive into it. Like, oh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention this at the time, but I think it's really funny that Nick Vile uh, worked for Salesforce. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was like, uh, check noted. Um, I think that's really interesting. Um, only I, a nerd, would think that's interesting. Um But I feel like Nick was kind of like, all right, whatever. Like, you're going to paint me as whatever. I'm just going to do it. This is, you know, I'm changing careers, you know. And and I think there are certain people like that who just like, all right, I'm going to buy into this, even though I know it's ridiculous. I'm going to play into what people want and it's going to make me money. And the more I get friendly with the producers, the more opportunities I might get in the future. And for some of them, that gamble pays off. And for some of them, they look really cringe like Brendan. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's like that can go either way. Right. And like that's something that they sign. They literally sign about over, you know, so um, that. Yeah, that whole thing is just. Yeah, I like autonomy and like uh, like that's why I left my job and (laughs) and I just like do my own thing now (laughs) because I don't like. I like controlling my own schedule and controlling the projects I do. And I don't like people telling me what to do. So reality TV is not for me. (laughs) Probably not for you. No, I I would imagine. They're like fake a conversation. And I'd be like, no, (laughs) I think, I think like my biggest takeaway after reading this, uh, is I'm going to have to kind of change my mindset as I'm I'm watching the show because it's so easy to get swept up into it and take what you're being presented with as the truth because I mean it's a it's a well produced show and again it's just like I, I keep going back to pro wrestling because you know there's Hulk Hogan the character on TV body slamming someone and then there's Hulk Hogan slash Terry Balea the man who's just like a racist horrible goblin man who's like the worst person alive and and then how do i you know square this this heroic figure on television with with who they are in real life and it's just it's so weird because with things like pro wrestling or like the bachelor it sort of blurs those lines between what's real and what isn't real because it's real people who are just being pushed and prodded and manipulated in different ways. So they're not playing a character, but they kind of are playing a character. And and there's just so much complexity to it. Uh, But at the same time, I think The Bachelor especially, and a lot of reality shows, they they get common criticism of, you know, everyone's just vapid and hollow and it's all stupid bullshit. And maybe that's true. But there's some real complexity here that you don't get with scripted television, you know? Uh, so I, I think Bachelor Nation is a good way to grow your love for The Bachelor, uh, but also to reveal all of the warts that you suspected were there all along. Yeah, I mean, I actually am surprised that you're surprised. I'm I not. I just didn't want to be. Does that make sense? I, like everything like, I thought, I was just like, I know this is bad. And then I'm like, fuck, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of thought, I mean, I well, like I said, yeah, I've known this for a while and I kind of suspected it. 
And then I, and then I heard that the TV show was very close to what happened in real life, but you know, was obviously dramatized, but I was like, okay, so most of this is real. And then reading the book, it was just kind of like confirming the things I already suspected. But again, mm-hmm. it's like, I do have to, I, I try to, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this when we talk, or maybe you will notice it, or maybe I'm not doing it the way I think I am. Uh, th- those could all be uh, totally likely outcomes. But I try to think about, that's why I phrase things the way I do. Like, I don't think any amount of ev- editing or producer manipulation would get me to say that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, Because there's certain things that I would just, I would never say or do, and I don't care what you're dangling in front of me. Like, it's just not going to happen. There's Mm -hmm. other things that I would say or do. Like, I would say, like, um, Croatia is the perfect place to find love. Sure. Whatever the fuck. Who who cares? You know? (laughs) Like, you you need that for your your welcome to Croatia package at the beginning of this episode. Fine. You know? But I'm not going to say something that would be, like, wildly out of character for who I am in a way that felt like, like it could hurt somebody else. I... I would just rather not be on TV, but Mm -hmm. then, but, but there, this is like, that's the thing. That's what sets people on the show apart from the rest of us is a lot of them have gotten to the point where they're like, I would do anything to get on TV. And a lot of them have already been on TV in some capacity or have applied for other reality TV shows. And Mm -hmm. I mean, once you start really looking up, who's been on what reality TV shows, you're like, wow. Like it, it gets, the universe gets small really fast. You know, like a lot of people have been on shows like Eliminate or Blind Date or, you know, things like, you know, like stuff like that at some point, or they've done like little movies or TV shows or have had bit parts and bigger stuff. And it's like, these are, I think about like someone like Stasi from like Vanderpump Rules who like, I can't mm-hmm. wait to read her pirated book. Um, <laughs> I'm not giving her a penny. Um, but like she was on the amazing race with her parents. And then she was also on the show about like spoiled brats. And then she got on Vanderpump Rules and that was like the big hit for her. And then of course has since been disgraced rightfully so and has tried to scrape together her career again. And she's like a cockroach. She's going to keep coming back. Like a lot of people, that's what they want to do. So it's like, sometimes I feel bad. I feel bad for the people who seem relatively normal, who get swept on on the show. And sometimes it's like, uh, I did it on a dare because I was single or because I was bored or I just wanted to see what would happen. There's a lot of people yeah, that do fucking get you. Reasons. You got to be ready for this shit. <laughs> but there's also like those lifers, those people who just like they're like, I'm going to get famous and I'm going to do it any way possible. Mm-hmm. And if it means getting on reality TV, so be it. And for them, like, I don't really feel bad because it's like you're signing hundreds of pages worth of documents you're telling them everything that they're asking you to tell them so you should be prepared for every single one of those things to come up and you should expect them to have like plumbed your like it's like running for office but different Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like running for office it's like um you know if you don't want someone to see that tweet you wrote 10 years ago maybe you shouldn't go on tv and like it's always that's like a conversation that goes on in Real Housewives, right? Like, well, why would you go on TV 
if you cheated on your wife X years ago, did you really think you wouldn't get caught? And a lot of the times their answer is, no, we figured it would come up at some point and we would have to address it. We just weren't planning on addressing it until it came up. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, they just kind of like, it's like, and this is not new advice. This has been around for a long time. So I guess that's kind of my like pushing back at, you know, producer manipulation. It's like at this point, you shouldn't be surprised. I, I feel bad mm-hmm. for people who are like early contestants on the show. Yeah. Because yeah. they also seemed way more normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as time mm-hmm. has gone on, it's like this is an extension of your profession to become reality TV star slash Instagram influencer slash poop tea salesperson. And so that is part of it. And you should be prepared. And there's plenty of people talking about it. You should be prepared for the good, the bad, the ugly. But it's like, um, Oh, what is it? There's got to be some psychological term for it. Cognitive bias, I guess, kind of, you know, it's like, well, that's not going to happen to me. I'm only going to read about the success stories and believe that's going to happen to me. And if I read anything about producer manipulation or this person's life being ruined because they were on reality TV, I'm going to reject that because that wouldn't happen to me. Like even me saying like, I don't think that they'd never get me. Yeah. Like I'm fully aware that that could be bullshit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, here's what I'll say about that though. So I, you know, I, I agree with you up, up into a point, but they'll fucking get you. Okay. Um, I think they will. I think they would get me. I, I I got, got because I I I got, got, did I, okay. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, because we've been doing it for so long, but I am on an episode of the Travel Channel's Food Paradise, okay? And I was with a friend and colleague of mine, and we went out to lunch, and we went to this restaurant, and uh, they were shooting an episode there. And lunchtime, this place doesn't get a ton of uh, foot traffic. It's not really a lunch spot. Uh, So we were pretty much like, two out of maybe six people in the whole place. And so they had it all lit and set up. We walked in, we're like, oh shit, are they shooting like a commercial? What the fuck's going on? And we were going to leave. They're like, no, 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 we're open. We're open, you know? And then this producer came up to us. He's like, yeah, so we're shooting the show. We'll pay for your lunch. Just, you know, order whatever you want. And then we're also going to get you this, this, and this. So we can shoot some B-roll of you like biting into certain things, if that's okay. And then we'll interview you and yeah, pay for everything. We're like, great. That seems fun. So, uh, you know, we get B roll of, of us eating sausages and, uh, we're having lunch and stuff. And then this producer sits down and he, and he starts interviewing with us and he talked with us for like 30 minutes. And I thought he asked like really good questions and seemed very engaged. And I thought that we said some really insightful, nice things. And then he's like, oh my gosh, this is great. Thank you guys so much. You know, I'm really excited that you guys came in because it's really good footage. He's like, oh yeah, one more thing. It's like, you know that that Wayne's World joke about Milwaukee? And I was like, yeah, everybody. I mean, of course. We all know it, yeah. We all know the damn Wayne's World joke. He's like, could could you do the Wayne's World joke for me? Because I'm in Milwaukee. I'm like, yeah, I'll do the Wayne's World joke. (laughs) So I do it. And... Then he's like, he's like, that's, that's great. And then he's like, wait, it's, and then he's like, wait a second, we're in a sausage place. What if you, what if you were like, 
Milwaukee, which means the good sausage. And I'm like, Milwaukee, that means the good, which means the good sausage. And he's like, yeah, that's hilarious. And it was, it was like such a, it, it, he just made it seem like he was just joking around with me. And then fast forward, this, the episode airs. None of the insightful shit I said. <laughs> insightful, like I have a lot of really important things to say about sausages, but nothing, nothing that we actually talked about that I felt was of substance made it on. All you get is me making a sausage joke out of the Wayne's World joke as a Milwaukee resident. And all I can think is, if you didn't know me and that's all you saw, you'd be like, this guy's a dumbass. And maybe I am a dumbass, but <laughs> I was just like, God damn it, I got played. I got completely played. Now, it's a little different because it's not like I walked in that day going like, wow, I can't wait to be on, on like a food travel show, whatever. But at the same time, you got to realize that like every single thing that you say can be Frankenstein one way or the other. So while you probably can't get manipulated 100%, there's that little big, bit of wiggle room that they have. And anytime they have an inch, they will pry at it until they can kind of get what they want. And that, that was kind of my takeaway from all of this. That's interesting. Well, I guess we're it's. We'll have to see me on a reality show to see what I oh do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'll be interesting. The um, best part is, is they still, it's, it's shows in syndication. This was probably back like in 2015 or something. It's still in syndication, the episode. So every once in a while, I will get a text from a random person. Oftentimes <laughs> people I haven't talked to in years. They'd be like, dude, I think I just saw you eating a sausage on TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to look this up after, after this for sure. Um, I love that. Um, <laughs> so I actually just went to look at YouTube too. And uh, I know we got to wrap pretty soon. Um, I just looked on YouTube <laughs> to see if I, I'm like, did I ever get on that show? I don't think that they actually filmed me, but they filmed around me. One time I was at the safe house and do you remember Zane Lamprey? Do you remember that? Absolute I have no idea who that being. is. Okay. He's got a terrible so, name. He did he did a show called Three Sheets and then he also did a show called Drinking Made Easy which apparently oh. was only on HDNet and I just like watched the video of it and it's like very low quality but um he went to the safe house and I happened to be there cuz for a while I was just regularly drinking at the safe house uh mm. don't know why and uh for everyone Possibly well, going to bachelorette parties cuz I was a theater <laughs> kid I was a theater kid and you know yeah, actors yeah. I knew worked there and stuff that's really the real answer but anyway so um yeah, so for those of you who don't know, the safe house is like a spy-themed restaurant that like tourists go to. And I would just be drinking there on like a Tuesday night. Oh my God. It's <laughs> so fucked up. Anyway, so uh so I used to go to the safe house a lot and I I was down in the bottom bar, like hanging out with one of the magicians, and uh he came in to film this uh drinking show. And I remember he talked to us and he just could like, you could just tell he just thinks he's the most interesting person ever. And I was like, so over it. Uh, but I didn't actually get on camera. I was, I didn't think I did, but I was there when they were filming the episode anyway. So, uh, so we have yet to find out what weird cringy shit I'll say. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say is that Ben Flachnik launched his own Fernet, uh, which is interesting oh. and slut shaming is bad. Uh, I love that Jason Ritter is a fan and um, <laughs> let's see. Um, let's see. I don't know what else. SpawnCon. 
SponCon. Uh, it was interesting to hear, to, to get a little take. In Chapter 11, Ashley I talks a little bit about the money that she makes, which I'm sure is even more now. Um, but but very interesting, uh, that kind of stuff. Because this was kind of like the beginning of SponCon and like, and like Instagram influencing and all of that when this book came out. And now it's like even more huge, which I really can't wrap my head around. But I would recommend everybody read the book. It's really good. I know we kind of talked about all kinds of random stuff. This is not like a great uh, thorough book review, but uh, do you really expect that from us? You should No, of course not. Please don't. Come on. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts about the book before, before we head out? No, it's great. Just read it. You'll love it. Yeah. If you're a, a hardcore fan, a casual fan, if you just have kind of a passing interest in the idea of dating shows or reality television and what goes into that. It's super, super interesting. Um, it's informative, but entertaining and not many books can pull off both those things. So go fucking read it. Yeah, definitely read it. She's a great writer. Um, I would love to read more of her shit if she decides to write like more bachelor or any, any type of, book. I think she's really good at um, recounting history as well in a way that's very interesting. So uh, we'll see you soon, friends. I got to finish watching Joe Millionaire and then we'll do another like one off on that. And are you going to watch The Courtship or have you watched The Courtship? Oh, I will. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I totally will if we're going to do an okay. episode. I think we should. I think we should. Okay, cool. Well, everybody, you know what? Take care of yourselves. It's um, it's May. My allergies are thriving and uh, COVID is spiking. So be safe, be smart, but enjoy a patio or two. Go out on a nice walk. Yeah, enjoy your life. And hey, read a book. Don't do needle drugs. Do-do-do!